Our next guest had a wild night last week as he conned four, yes, four fighters on one card at UFC 253. Two wins, a performance of the night, and a fight of the night. And it all culminated in Israel Adesanya's spectacular win against Paulo Costa to retain the UFC middleweight belt. The founder, the head coach of New Zealand's own city kickboxing. We have just hit legendary status because Eugene Behrman is back on Submission Radio, live from his two weeks of quarantine in Auckland. Eugene, welcome back to the show. I like this setup. I have to be honest. I like this setup. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, thanks for the intro, guys. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm in a really good hotel, and I'm in my home city this time. Last time I was not, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm good. We're getting treated well in this hotel. Nice. And I know you guys all live together at the gym for quite some time. And, uh, and you told us about sharing rooms with Israel. Not the biggest fan of that. And now at least you get your own suite, right? You're not sharing rooms? Nah, I, I opted to uh, pay a slightly more and uh, room by myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Paid out of pocket just to have your own privacy. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, there is a lot to talk about, so we won't waste any time. I mean, we mentioned the wild night that you guys had. Let's start with, the, obviously, the, the good, the positive. People throw out the terms masterclass and words like clinic. But after all the hype and all the buildup, all the preparation, how would you describe and how do you grade Israel's performance over Paulo Costa? And that's probably an A. Yeah, if, I, if you had to give it that sort of, you know, if I had to put it in those terms. But uh, yeah, very happy, very happy with the way things went, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was surprised. I, I, I had an inkling, or a big part of me thought the fight would go like that. Put it that way. I, I, I did think that the fight could go that way the only thing that i was probably a little bit off i thought that if we did get a stoppage it would be a little later but um yeah i was confident that um the fight could potentially look like that because mm, i remember we were trying to sort of get the game plan out of you before the fight and get into what would happen here what would happen there what would happen if he wasn't active in the beginning and try to pull a bit of a yellow marrow and pull back and obviously that didn't really play out too well for him what was your reaction when you saw him in there? The leg was out. He was sort of hanging back. And also, there was some interesting moments in the fight where he was almost trying to kind of joke around with Israel a little bit and almost make it like, ha, 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 you know, I'm like kind of like Yola Romero. It, it, it wasn't the same kind of Polo Costa we used to sing. It was almost like Israel got in his head earlier that week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little bit... I, 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 I was a little bit perplexed when I first saw it, but then, um, yeah, it became pretty apparent to me that he was, um, his game plan was to conserve some energy, um, which is, uh, whew, that's a risky, to give away rounds is such a risky game plan and uh, not one that personally I would take into a, a fight of that like caliber, like a fight of that that means so much. It's not a game plan that I would take into a fight, but um, uh, I'm not their corner. So their corner chose to, you know, be conservative in the early rounds. And um, it was just up to us to put those rounds in the bank and um, get ready for his increased activity, like, as the fight went on. 
Mm. If you can sort of share with us, because obviously we try to pick your brain before the fight and you said, look, after the fight, I'll answer all those questions. What was sort of the game plan? Um, I imagine it, it played it a little bit differently to what you guys expected, but what was actually the game plan as far as how you guys wanted to handle Paulo in this fight? Um, well, <clears throat> we wanted to keep the fight at, at, at our range, which was obviously Israel had uh, a very good reach advantage, which is, you know, that's not, that, that's not like a, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. So for the most part, we wanted to keep our, uh, our distance. But <clears throat> we actually worked a lot of strategies to stay off the off the, off the the cage because obviously, uh, you know, that's the big area that um, Polo Costa is dangerous at. But we also, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed that it never got there, but we, we spent a awful lot of time particular tactics and strategies um, when we were pushed into the cage and we couldn't get off the cage we had some really good we had some really good answers um, which like I said I can't be disappointed that I, we never got a chance to show those but uh, there is a part of me that wished that we could have um, you know that, that there's a part that just my interest my for my own personal satisfaction and interest <laughs> there's some tactics there that I really would have really enjoyed to watch and showcase, um, especially now that I've seen the fight. I believe that those tactics um, would have worked really well. Um, but we never got. But for the most part, our game plan was exactly what you saw, and um, we didn't really. We, we it worked perfectly. Tactics that I'm sure we'll see in the future, and I'm excited to see them. Um, Coach, I'm, I'm curious because it's kind of looked like in the last couple of fights, like for example, the old Romero. You know, and now with Paulo Costa, there's almost this kind of thing around Israel Desanya, which fighters like Mike Tyson, Anderson Silva, a lot of these really dominant champions had, where a lot of fighters kind of get defeated before they get in the octagon with them. And also they mo modify their game plans and modify the, the way that they usually fight because mentally they're already anticipating something that hasn't happened yet. Are you, are you sort of at that point? Do you feel like you're getting to that point with Israel where he's got that allure about him. I think you had that one period where people were like, hey, he's skinny with no KO power, all that crazy criticism. And now I think you're getting to the period where people are, he's getting to that area where people are starting to get defeated before they even get in the octagon with him. <coughs> That's very interesting. Because I remember when we were talking about Anderson Silva, remember before the yeah. fight, and you said, hey, <laughs> like, don't respect this guy too much. Don't give him that, you know, don't, Go in there with that, and it almost feels like that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's it's, it's a really good question, and so one I'll, to be honest, I have to give that more thought. And the, probably the reason I have to give it more thought, and at the risk of sounding like every coach, but my problem with that is that Israel still has so much more to show. Um, there's just so much. There's just uh, there's so much more of his skill set that he hasn't shown. He's shown. He he has more to show to do with his skill set than he's shown. Put it that way. And that's why that's why I'm like, man, do people? You know, when I when I hear a question like that, I'm like, are people starting to think that? Because um, you know, he he's got so much more 
there's so much more scope. Like he's got so much more room to to grow and move, and there's so much more things that he hasn't shown everybody. So if they are thinking that, then that's good. But um, like I said, at the risk of sounding like every other coach, man, he 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 hasn't shown anywhere near his full potential yet. Mm. And it's a scary thought to, to think about, you know, just how high the ceiling is on, on Israel Ooh. and how much he can sort of improve. Uh, I'm just curious, from your perspective, you, you told us last time the first 30 to 40 seconds are always the most nervous when you're watching a fight because of a lot of those unknowns. Um, I'm just curious, in, in this fight, when did you know this fight was over? When is it that you saw something or things where you just knew, all right, we've basically got this in the bag now? Uh, at two points after the first 30 or 40 seconds um, when I saw that when I saw what his strategy was and there was one point there where he really I, I can't remember exactly the <laughs> the timestamp on it but he tried to really rush us he, he, he tried with, with a lot of effort he tried to push us to the cage and um, he ended up not even being able to touch us and then at that point I was like Okay, yeah, everything that we've planned and strategized for is completely applicable. Um, nothing, yeah, it, I, yeah. That's when I started to feel comfortable. Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable performance, and so many people impressed. And I know it's sort of somewhat died down now, but we just also <laughs> just wanted to quickly address, you know. This controversy, man, all these people so critical of Israel about this chest thing, and they were so quick to speculate and accuse him of taking PDs of steroids just by looking at these pictures or the shots of his body. And I know, by the way, CKB notoriously has been a camp that's been massively against PDs. You've spoken to us about cheaters in the past. I'm just curious, what was your reaction to these sort of, I suppose, accusations that fans are throwing Israel's way on social media? Um, after the event, um, I mean, in typical Kiwi fashion, we just kind of laughed it off, <laughs> just because we're like so confident and we know that like nothing could be further from the truth. So like, when something's so outlandish, it kind of becomes funny, because mm. because it's just so, it, it just couldn't. It's just so. It's just so outlandish. It kind of takes on this, um, you know like a comedy type feel so i find it i found it kind of funny it was um yeah but it's it's outrageous like um it was just you know like it's just outrageous so pretty honest we just laughed it off mm. i know like you've known israel obviously for years you've seen him through so much of his career last time you're talking yeah. about rooming with him in china just for those who don't understand help us understand sort of where your confidence comes from you know that he's never taken anything or you know where, where this sort of where it becomes so outrageous <coughs> just because of the ethics and morals that we have like it's just I mean, notwithstanding, like, something maybe accidentally, which, and the chances of that are, like, slim to none as well because we're, we're, we're so good at using the right uh, approved supplements and stuff. Like, just, it's just never been a part of the, of, of our ethics and our morals at the gym. In fact, we've been, like you, like you, like you said, we've been very outspoken against it, um, like it yeah it's it's even funny that we're even talking about it because yes it is an issue because obviously because um physically 
he has that um, anomaly on his chest, but for us it kind of isn't an issue. It's like, let's just find out what that is and um, move on and get, you know, who's the next fight. <laughs> and I'm, I guess the thing that we care about the most is his health and just making sure. Have you guys been able to find out any more information about it? I guess a lot of people are just afraid that it's something serious, but, you know, most likely, hopefully, something that can just quickly go away and be put behind you. Is it still a situation where you guys are, are waiting to confirm what, where, where to go from here with, with, with it all? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably might get the results uh, probably tomorrow because I think it's Sunday over in America. But the, the UFC has our bloods. The UFC has our, um, I think we did an MRI and an ultrasound or one or the other or both. We have that. We have those results to send to our physicians. The UFC has them as well. We just need to get to the bottom of uh, what exactly it is. Whether it's low testosterone, whether it's um, you know some some other abnormality abnormality in the in the chest. We we just have to get to the bottom of it, and we're trying to, and we will have we will have that in the next coming days. I think. Awesome. All right. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll be excited to hear, you know, hopefully, hopefully good news. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, but you did yeah. mention sort of moving on to the next fight and looking forward. Uh, Israel did speak about wanting to fight again in, in 2020 at the end of the year. Uh, what do you make of that? What do you make of that? And who could he even fight? Um, well, I mean, we, Israel has a penchant for turning over you know, his fights really quickly. He, he he didn't get touched in that fight. He's completely uninjured. Um, he's fit. It just makes sense. With half most of this year has been decimated in terms of the fight calendar. Um, he would fight Cannonier. Now that would require obviously Cannonier to turn around quite quickly. But uh, if Israel can turn around quite quickly, then there's no reason why Cannonier can't turn around quite quickly. If Cannonier wins. Um, Israel has definitely um, let it be known that he's he would he would pick himself up to do that fight again. I'm not sure what he would do if Robert won. I'm not sure if he would be motivated in the same way for Robert that he would be if it was Cannonier. So if it's Cannonier and Cannonier wants to go again, um, then that's a very real possibility. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like either of those fights would be would be awesome, and even just seeing Israel back in action so quickly uh, would be great. I guess when people first heard Israel saying that, they just naturally assumed it can't be Cannonier or Whitaker or any of the top guys that are booked, like Till or Hermanson. Let's say Cannonier isn't willing to to let's say he has you know injuries and wins the fight or whatever or same with robert and israel still wants to fight is it a possibility to uh you know fight anybody else outside of those top four contenders i know people were throwing out jan blahovic and uh as crazy as that sounds israel seems like the kind of guy that will do you know uh you know uh, unprecedented things would that be a possibility for you guys at all uh yeah, I mean, if Cannonier didn't want to turn around and fight, then um, uh, Israel would definitely fight at 205. We've already had a little chat about that. He, he would be willing, perfectly willing to do that. Um, and uh, like so much is dependent on that, those results in the middleweight division. 
but yeah, if Cannonier didn't want to, if Cannonier wanted to wait longer because he didn't want to turn around things really quickly, um, then maybe Israel can go to two hundred five. I love that you guys uh, have already had a chat about it. When, when did you guys chat about it? Was this after the the polo fight, and, and what exactly sort of was it about? Yeah, after the polo fight. Uh-huh. Well, just we always kind of like after a few days we have it sit down with the team and discuss where things where we think things should go. Um, the problem with where we think things should go and what's actually going to happen are two two different things at the moment. Like we have to so much is dependent on results and where different fighters place themselves. So we weren't, that that meeting wasn't very fruitful in terms of where we'd like to be because there's so many um, other factors that are out of our control. But nevertheless, we still um, kind of put together our different opinions of where we think we should go. And at the moment, it's just waiting, it's just waiting out to see um, how those results go on that little middleweight tournament and then deciding... And, and then, for the most part, um, some of those fighters deciding what they want to do. For for us, we've already decided um, that we want to turn around another one uh, in, in 2020. So it's it's kind of like the ball's going to kind of be in their court. And it's one of those situations as well where it's like, who's ready to go? Because Israel wants to fight again. Who can we get back in there? And people are wondering if someone like a Chris Weidman, who started a bit of beef with Israel Adesanya over Twitter just recently, talking about how that fight would be easy money for him, could slot in as a potential fill-in just to keep Israel busy in 2020. Would you see a guy like him fitting in if all the other guys were unable to fight? And if you guys were still really kind of interested in keeping Israel warm and active in 2020? Or do you think it's a situation where it's really got to be a guy that's ranked up there and deserving of that title shot? Yeah, look, it would, it, you know, when I take my coach's head off and the fact that I love challenges and stuff, but it, it, it does have to make sense. And um, is he even ranked? Where is he? He had one return I'd, fight back at middleweight recently. Yeah, against, against who? Uh, Amari Akhmedov. I mean, the fact that I'm even asking you this question is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> is kind of answering He was that. a champion once. Ask us about that. He was a champion <laughs> once, yes. And he has to be respected for that. But, um, yeah, uh, the fact that I'm even asking these questions is kind of... That, that's our answer. That's the answer to this. He, 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 he's, he obviously has a whole lot of... Um, he has a whole lot he needs to do before he puts himself in a position to fight Israel. And um, there's in the middleweight division is not the same middleweight division that that he started his era in. There is these guys are. He's ranked uh, number lot, nine. Sorry, coach. He's ninth ranked. Yeah. So these guys are a lot different to the middleweights that he started his era in, and there's some big challenges for him to overcome before he um, starts talking about Israel. If he isn't already, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but no, he's not. He's not in our. He's not in our plans in the next, in, in the in the near future. One of the things about the division is it's it's absolutely packed with talent, and we want to just quickly get get your thoughts and gauge on a guy that maybe you haven't seen fight too often, but has been dominating the headlines. Hamza Chimaev, a guy that wants to try and win the title in two divisions. He's obviously already got you guys targeted in his sights, but I guess the upside with a guy like that is. He's instantly become a big star. So by the time he makes it to a title shot, I mean, that would be a big, big money fight. 
We don't know if he's going to make it that far in the middleweight division. It's still early days. But what's your early gauge on him? Has he sort of taken your interest at all? Have you seen any of his work? And how far do you think he might go in the division if you have seen some of the stuff that he's done? No, I mean, that's a question for Israel. Honestly, guys, I, I can't. I've never seen him fight. I, I can't. My time, like, I, I ran out of time. I've I got to deal with the top five, six contenders and analyzing them and looking at them. If I, you want me to start looking at the guys who are at, like, 50 or whatever they're at or, or the Weidmans down at nine, like, I just can't. I don't have the time, so I... I Am I gonna? Am I gonna do that? Answer that question. Am I gonna do it a disservice? I don't know enough about the guy to give you a good answer. Mm. Um, other than other than he's obviously um, building a lot of hype because I hear his name a lot and the UFC is getting behind him. But um, from my understanding, he's only had a couple of fights. Like you, you, you have to. The, the UFC is a proving ground, um, and you have to prove that you're the best in the world. You can't. Um, just be forced into these positions mm. because the company likes you. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, uh, well, we'll let you go in a sec, huge. Um, but obviously, a guy that you definitely do know is uh, John Jones, someone who's been sort of thrown your way in terms of you know. I I know you knew that we were going to ask because uh, these guys have had a massive sort of Twitter back and forth. I know you don't go on social media. I'm, I'm curious if you ever catch any of that. But one of, one of the things, one of the barbs that John kind of threw Israel's way was about sort of asking you for permission, kind of like, oh, you know, ask you if, if, if you're ready, that kind of sort of notion. Um, I'm wondering, like, what, what those conversations even sort of, you know, are like. And if you guys have had any conversations lately about sort of John Jones now that he's moved up to heavyweight, or is that just something that, you know, is still not really on the radar <laughs> because of what Israel's sort of planning on doing. What was his comment about Israel needs to ask me to fight him or something? I think, and what, what this is not comment? verbatim, but I think he tweeted something along the lines of ask Huge if, if you're ready. They were bringing parents into it, and then uh, John Jones said something about ask Huge if you're ready. Yeah, they were bringing parents into it, it's like... Look, I can't vibe with this, to be honest. Like, I, I, I can't vibe with this whole thing. Uh, that's why I try to ignore it. Like, especially if you're telling me they're bringing parents into it. It's like, I, I come from a different era where you couldn't talk like that about your opponent. Because if you did, you'd never make it to the fight. You'd be having the fight before the fight, before the actual fight, and there would never end up being an actual contest in the ring. That's where, that's the era that I come from. You couldn't. I remember when YouTube started getting popular. I remember running into people and having to have words with them. And then it got to the stage where I couldn't do that because there's just too many people. So <laughs> I just kind of just, I just knocked it all on the head. I was like, this is crazy. Like, was it people that said stuff about you or just like your fighters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I came from a place where, like, if you say something um, on the internet, that's just as good as you saying it to my face. Uh, there was for me, there's no distinguishable difference. Mm. But now there is now now the line's been moved with these young guys. Like the line's been completely moved. Where now it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. But for me, I, I don't. Get, I come from a different era. Like I, to me, you can't. I just these guys. Yeah, it's too much for me. I don't. I don't vibe with it. So I just stay out of it. So. <laughs> It's 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 crazy. They shouldn't be mentioning each other's parents, like. But again, like I don't know where the line is because 
in my day you couldn't do that but like nowadays like you can like these guys their pride is different maybe they don't have as much pride the line is different um i'm just gonna stay out of it i go <laughs> i don't yeah i don't know they shouldn't they will one day and i don't know but maybe one day they'll regret um talking about each other's families they shouldn't be doing that in my opinion and just for to Israel's uh, defense, John Jones on Twitter is not an easy man to deal with. Just very random tweets sometimes uh, throughout the day. So um, I'm sure it was uh, definitely instigated. I'm curious, though. It seems like John is kind of more interested than ever in this fight with Israel. And a part of me is wondering, and I wonder if you've thought about this as well, Huge. Do you think it's a situation where he's hoping to try and get this fight before he goes up to the heavyweight division and maybe possibly has to fight a guy like Stipe and maybe even loses the opportunity to fight you guys if that fight doesn't go his way. Do you think a part of that sort of crosses his mind and he's hoping to try and get it in in case this whole heavyweight thing doesn't really go his way? You know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I don't know John Jones from a bar soap, to be honest. Uh, he There could be... There could be a side of him that's just is insanely jealous that this new guy's come into the scene and stealing a little bit of what he perceives as his thunder. There could be the fact that he's just a really great businessman and he knows how to build fights and he knows how to make money and he's aiming at long money. So it's not it's not necessarily a fight that's in front of him now. He's building something. He's building a nest egg for him in a couple of years um, it could be just that he's a dick, and he's just that's just his personality, um, and that's just the way he is. I, I honestly, uh, it's all speculation. It's all speculation. But look, Israel is set upon doing that fight as long as he has the blessing of his team, uh, his group of coaches, including me. <clears throat> he has got his heart set on doing that fight. Um, it doesn't matter where John Jones goes. It goes to heavyweight, goes to light heavyweight, uh, goes up and loses two fights, three fights, um, wins the next three fights. Israel has his heart set on that fight. So, um, yeah, that fight's going to happen. I'm just not sure when. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, I got one more on John Jones and then we can get off the topic. And I just wanted to ask you, what is sort of the, the blessing? Like, what? Because you've told us before, it's not really up to any matchmakers <coughs> or managers. It's up to you when, when that fight happens. So, what, what would have to happen for you to give the blessing? And I think from John Jones's perspective, he's sort of trying to say that, oh, Israel doesn't want that fight because he doesn't feel he's ready. And, and that's why he's sort <sighs> of you know, delaying it or however you want to sort of call it. But in your mind, do you feel like if that fight happens say tomorrow or, or end of the year do you feel like israel is, is ready skill-wise to take on a john jones um and i'm only one part of the decision making process we have a group of coaches mm -hmm. and we also have one of the best management team teams in the world who are part of the decision making process for me but he's he's almost there yep um, some of the other coaches um, might agree or disagree with me, but yeah, he, he's almost there. But it's not just about that. That's not the only. That's not the only factor in the decision. There's some. There's some pretty clear goals before John Jones was ever mentioned. Um, that as a team we set ourselves to achieve. Um, and and. 
we're not going to move those goals just because um, someone's won to fight or something. Like we have to achieve those things. We have to do what we set out to do as a team um, first. That fight, at the end of the day, that fight will always be there. But some of the goals and stuff we have to achieve, we have to knock off the list. Like, yeah. Plus, so like uh, the I can't I can only answer my part of that question. And if um if we if we wanted if we needed to fight that fight in the next six months, then I would be happy to do that. But again, like it's not it's a it's a team decision. That's how we work. Absolutely, and it would be also be a UFC decision, we imagine as well. Let's co- let's talk about let's finish off with talking about obviously some of the other boys because it was a historic <laughs> night, Eugene. We'll we'll let you go in just a minute. A very important thing that we want to get your thoughts on, and something that Israel brought up, and it, it's really great that he did this controversy over Shane Young's opponent missing weight, and sort of Israel addressing to Dana White afterwards how the commission should take more money from fighters who <coughs> miss weight, and we've seen this happen. Locally, we've seen this happen, you know, in big companies, uh, fighters are like, hey, you know, we'll part with this percentage of our wage and we'll stop cutting weight and then we'll go in and we'll win. Um, what did you make of this sort of happening to Shane on the event? And how much do you think these things actually affect fights that people don't really realize that haven't really paid attention to this issue? Mate. You're going to get me started. Why did you get me started? <laughs> we have to. We have to get your thoughts. Can't not ask it. Can't not ask it. <laughs> a part of me was hoping that you wouldn't ask anything about this, but the fact is you have. I love when John Jones is in the subject line, and this is the thing you don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it, it is... We need to do something about it. It's what's going on is is criminal. Um, for me, it's just as bad as taking steroids. Um, it's it's cheating. It's cheating. More to the point, is there are two guys that miss weight during that fight night. There's Chechen guy, and there was Shane's opponent. These two guys didn't even try to make weight. They didn't even try to make weight. They purposely chose to come in overweight significantly, take the fine, and have a massive advantage going into the fight. And it it kind of like it just rips the guts out of me because I I man, I'm a I'm a, I'm a good loser. If I lose a fight, then we lose. Well done, shake your hands. But if you cheat, I'm not as I'm not as good a loser as I want to be. And this piece of work, wherever he's from, gets his first fight in the UFC, gets this opportunity, and misses weight. Shane Young, of all people actually, got a short notice fight on less than a week's notice to make to, to fight Alex Volkanovsky, the, the current champ. Yeah, of course, yeah. The only the only thing Sean told us is make weight. He said, look, you will get, you are getting a four-fight contract. All you have to do is make weight. And and we made weight, and we did. What was going to, I'm hoping Sean told that guy the same thing. He missed weight. He had his opportunity. He cheated. What's more, he did it on purpose. Anybody who knows anything about fighting, and when they're looking at a guy weighing in, you know how much effort they'll put in. 
this guy cheated. Um, he lost his opportunity to be in the UFC as far as I'm concerned. Like, you lost it. You, you, you intentionally um, missed weight, so he should no longer be in the UFC. The other Chechen guy, he intentionally came in heavier. What Israel's going on about is 30% is nothing. Like, it's not enough. It's not enough incentive. You've got to take more money, but you don't just have to take up more money. A lot of these guys don't care about the money, okay? You have to penalize them in terms of the fight. The result of the fight has to be penalized. Maybe start, you're, you're like, a, start the, you get a 10-9, automatic 10-9 for the first round. I don't know what they're going to do. But guys are cheating and getting away with it, and something has to be done. And it, all, all, all I'm doing when, I, when, I, when, I, when any fighter gets in a situation and they take a fight against someone who hasn't made weight, we all understand why they have to take it because they need money. They've trained for eight, for, for eight weeks. They don't have a choice. They have, to, they have to take it to feed their family. But all it's doing is perpetuating the situation. It's just making the situation worse. What we need to do is those guys shouldn't, those guys should receive a big penalty and maybe not fight. But, but that, the problem with that is then the guys don't get paid. They only get their show money and they, they train to try and get their show and win. Maybe, maybe the show, maybe they shouldn't fight, and the show and win should go to the guy that made weight. Uh, I honestly don't know the answer, but yeah, that that whole thing, you know, it can, like I said, it can come across as me being a bit of a sore loser, but I'm a I'm allowed to be the guy cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to be a sore loser when a guy cheats. If the guy if the guy made weight and didn't cheat, then that's fine then shake hands well done you're a better fighter tonight but that didn't happen and then you're gonna people are gonna argue it's like oh but he took the fight he has to take the damn fight man the guy hasn't fought for 18 months had no income he, he you know like the guy has to feed his family he's just had a young kid we have to take the fight he could have come in 30 kilos overweight we would have still had to take the fight so i'm just saying like you guys you guys got me a bit rolled up but yeah that's just my thoughts on that yeah, and we know it, it's it's frustrating to talk about, but I think especially the other, from, the other thing from is, you. I've had guys. I'm not gonna lie. I've had guys. I've had a couple of guys miss weight, and I've, one of those guys, not in the UFC, one of those guys jumped in their fight and won by knockout. He knocked the other guy out. My guy missed weight. I can show a video of this. My guy tried to actually celebrate that win. You can see him. He goes to celebrate. And I yell at him with a lot of profanity. I say, you get out of the cage right now. You do, that, you do not deserve to celebrate that win. That's a loss as far as we're concerned. Because my guy cheated. So you can't say I've got double standards. And that just livid me to see this guy like running around the cage like he achieved something. Like, he, like the way he was carrying on. He came to shake my hand right at the end, and luckily the ref pulled him away because I, I can't shake a guy's hand like that. I don't know why he's in the UFC. But anyway, you guys got me started, man. <laughs> no, no, but, well, it was an important say, message though, right? Yeah, and hearing, hearing the message from yourself, I think goes a long way into fixing the problem. And so many people respect you huge that I think it, a lot of fans who don't understand what the big deal is, 
I'm happy that you went into that detail and explained exactly what kind of effect this is having on the sport and what changes need to be made. And just quickly, obviously, we don't want to get you riled up again, but there was obviously the eye poke, the mistake, the the mistook, uh, the punter was mistook for an eye poke that was clearly not an eye poke with Brad Riddell, uh, with uh, yeah, with Brad Riddell, and we, you know, we know you were furious in the corner for that, and we put up the replay of that, and that was clearly not. So it was a up and down night, and I imagine a very, very difficult night. Obviously, you guys were fighting like in the middle of the morning. You had all these fights. It was a historic night, but a difficult night. I just want to finish it out like this. All in all, how 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 does UFC 253? How does this whole crazy experience sit for you? How do you look back on it? I mean, it would feel surreal. It would feel frustrating. It would feel memorable. It would be everything and above every emotion that you could think of. Just quickly, regarding that eye poke, look, uh, that that was just human error, and I apologize for that ref. Uh, to be honest, any, any, we're all human, and that 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 was an honest mistake, and the ref knows he made a mistake. So I don't want to. I'm not negative about that. That's just what happens. Luckily, it didn't affect the result of the fight. So apologies to that ref for going off at him, and we can just let let that go to bed. But the overall, the feeling. Look, I'm not going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you my honest feeling and my honest feeling is kind of it's a it's a half half full glass unfortunately when you take when you take four guys in to fight um for me to get the full glass of excitement and satisfaction i need all four guys to win so i took that challenge on and only um only two of them managed to win and i failed on another two so that is like when I think of this two two five three. When I think of this, um, that's that's how I'm gonna think of it. I'm gonna think of it like half and half, half happy, half sad, half accomplished, half not accomplished. And so that that's my thought on this. That's just the way it is. Okay, good. Because we were trying to end on sort of a positive note, and you you, you <laughs> did, but you did say half full, right? The pessimist would have said <laughs> glass yeah, half yeah. empty, and you said half full. So yeah. all's well that ends well. Essentially, huge. Uh, yeah. We we basically kept you double the time that we wanted to, man. So we apologize for that, but some more, some important messages came out. So yeah, that's why I took, that's why it took so long. You guys got me, got me rolled up. I know, I know. <laughs> and look at you gentlemen, apologizing to the ref, not that you needed to. So, you know, all, all important things came out. Uh, you can follow obviously city kickboxing on Instagram at city kickboxing. You doesn't have social media, but city I kickboxing bet. is, uh, is where all the goods go. Uh, man, we can chat to you for hours, huge, but uh, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate uh, having your wisdom on the program thank you guys another great one thank you